1: Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzAndWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any.
0: Today, we are recording in the park again. Yeah, let's just do
1: this right through the winter.
0: Oh, this is going to be fantastic. I will bring uh, a tent. We'll sit inside a tent.
1: I, I will bring a sweatshirt. Okay,
0: great. Uh, anyway, uh, today we are talking about fish and chips.
1: Yes, two of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're going to do the fish. Which, which, which should we do first? Which came first, the fish uh, or the chips?
0: Matthew, this is like a real like classic dad joke you're trying to it pull It really off is, here. yeah. Um, okay, but I, first I think we should say that this episode was suggested by a listener.
1: Oh, yes, listener Hilary Sinoy on Reddit. hmm uh, and uh, thank you, listener Hillary. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a thing maybe neither of us know as much about as we should. I in, don't know.
0: In truth, we should probably have producer Abby's husband, Brandon, not to be confused with my ex-husband, Brandon.
1: So, oh, wait. But, so I was under the impression that after after you and, and your ex-husband, <laughs> Brandon, split up, that producer Abby snapped him
0: up. <laughs> well, I mean, that would actually be an amazing, would be an amazing scandal. St- that would give would me be a something scandal? to write. A, that yeah. would. Something to write a fourth book about.
1: That's a, okay. Let's see if we can get that going. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll play at the seeds now. Okay. but instead of bringing husband of the producer wait, of the show,
0: wait, we haven't talked about why we would bring husband of the producer of the show onto the good show. Good point.
1: Let's talk about that first, and then let's talk about who you've brought instead.
0: So, uh, husband of the producer of the show, <laughs> his name is Brandon Hoff.
1: Yeah, how wait, what's that? What's that accurate? H O T P O T S hot pots. Oh my god. Hot Pots.
0: Hot Pots. Did, did I do that
1: right? Husband, thi- wow. but wait, but
0: his name, his, his, his initial isn't oh,
1: in there. Uh, I mean, Husband sorry, of the producer. It's just not going to fit. <laughs> it's not going to be Hot Pots, but... It's just Hot Pots. Okay.
0: All right. Hot <laughs> Pots uh, has, for some reason, <laughs> gone to a bunch of fish and chips shops in uh-huh. Seattle and has made a spreadsheet ranking them.
1: Yeah. Are and we going to reveal some of his rankings? It seems like we could get him in trouble.
0: It seems like we could. But then again, we could also, if we have any listeners who run fish and chip shops in Seattle, maybe they'll, like, thank him by giving him a coupon or something.
1: That, maybe he'll get a <laughs> <People> coupon. <can laughs> Coupons yeah anymore? They'll, they'll They'll mail him a coupon. <laughs> He'll have an expiration date.
0: Okay. Um All right. Memory Lane Matthew. Yes. Oh,
1: so but so instead you've brought your dog Alice, who's also <laughs> gonna weigh in.
0: Well, I figured since we were recording in the park where your cat, who has a lot of skin issues, uh-huh. is not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy I can mean, I feel like you're just taking pot closets. shots at my cat for no
1: reason. Like I wasn't gonna bring my cat to the park, regardless of her conditions. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I brought my dog because this is her natural habitat.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing about a cat is like, if you bring your cat to the park, the cat's going to run off like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, I've been trying to escape for years. Look
0: how quiet and and obedient my dog is. Hi, Al.
1: Yeah, very cute.
0: Oh, she's a good girl. Okay. Um, All right.
1: Do you want to you want to take us down memory lane? Yeah. Let's All right. let's
0: go down memory lane. So I there's a lot of fish and chips on my
1: memory lane. Okay. That's good. Mine yeah. is mine is more sparse.
0: So perhaps you remember Matthew when we went to Oklahoma City that we went to Brahms on May Avenue. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a few God, a few doors north, maybe, or maybe a block north of where that Brahms <laughs> Still is. Still
1: laughing at hot pots. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Actually, or maybe it's south of where the Brahms is. But either way, on May Avenue, near the Brahms, there was, past, I'm not sure what verb tense to use, a Long John Silvers.
1: Okay. Okay. and my, Is that because you don't know if it's still there or I, you're still learning English grammar?
0: I don't know if it's still there. Okay. Um, anyway, so when I was a kid... Going to Long John Silver's was, like, a thing my dad and I did. Like, having hot dogs and baked beans when my mom wasn't home for dinner. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, Berg and I would go to Long John Silver's. And this was, like, to me, uh, this was, like, more common than going to, like, McDonald's or Wendy's. Okay. Going to Long John Silver's oh, yeah. with my right. dad. And I would always get, it was probably, like, a kid's meal of some sort. Uh, it was, like, a one-piece fish Meal, sure. With fries, it always came with a few like crispy. You know, like when they um, they intentionally fry some of the dough, but that isn't actually breaded onto anything. Oh just, yeah, mm,
1: little bits of dough. Yeah, in, in Japanese, we call that uh, tenkatsu. Oh. I mean, when it's tempura, if it's, if it's like... A...
0: Oh, it's I love that it has a special name. What it has name... two
1: special names. It's called Tenkasu, like in the east, and Agedama in the west, maybe.
0: Okay, it's... what should we call it in American English? Uh,
1: crispy Bits.
0: Crispy Bits. Crispy Bits. Okay. Well, so yeah, I would get this like, you know, kind of uh, like thick paper boat and it would have illustrations on the outside like of Long John Silver and his parrot or whatever course, he yeah. had. And uh, yeah, the I remember the French fries were like plank shaped. Link. Like not like, like I think of steak fries as being, are steak fries wedges? No,
1: those, those are like potato wedges or JoJo's. Steak, steak fries are like I mean, they're plank shaped. They're shaped so kind of like a are, diving board. So
0: maybe these are these were steak fries. Okay. Uh, Do you think they
1: were plank shaped like to go with the Long John Silver's theme? Like, like you're going to walk these planks? As
0: I was typing up this agenda last night and was trying to come up with a description for what shape the fries were, I, I did wonder if I was being influenced by like the whole pirate thing.
1: I think maybe you were.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, and then there would be crispy bits and then I would get... Then then there was, like, also a hush puppy or two that came with it. And anyway, so, yeah, this was something my dad and I would go do. And I remember there were always bottles of malt vinegar on the tables in Long John Silvers. And we would eat there. And that was where my dad introduced me to, like, the glories of malt vinegar on French fries.
1: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Okay, so... my fish and chips memories like, really start like after uh, Wife of the Show, Lori, and I moved to Seattle because okay. we quickly learned about the existence of spud fish and chips on Alki.
0: Does it still exist? Yeah. I've never um, heard of so it. So
1: on Alki Beach in West Seattle, there are two... Uh, long-time rival fish and chip places, Spud and sunfish. Spud is more has more like evocative decor. Sunfish has better food, I think, although okay. certainly people will write in to argue that.
0: And are these, is this on the part of, of alky that's sort of more like north facing? Yes. I think I've seen one of these places.
1: Yeah, Spud. Spud's got like big, you know, like windows on the beach and yeah, stuff. Yeah, And okay. uh, so we'd go and get fish and chips and they had malt vinegar. I think they put like slices of garlic in the malt vinegar bottle, maybe. Oh. So that was like a really special treat for us because we didn't live anywhere near West Seattle and there was a beach and like, I don't even think we knew there was a beach in Seattle until the first time we went to this well, place.
0: Well, and there's something really interesting and, and kind of delightfully disorienting about Alki anyway because it feels all of a sudden like you're in like San Diego or something. Yes. It really feels like you're in a different
1: city. It feels like you're in cold San Diego. Yeah, I mean, yeah um, cold San Diego. So, uh and then we, I, we did later try sunfish also. I do think the fish is a little better at sunfish and, and you have a choice of cod or Alaskan halibut at mm-hmm. sunfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have had fish and chips in England, I think maybe twice. Mm-hmm. And like it was... It was enjoyable from like a, you know, I'm eating fish and chips in England, uh, kind of perspective but like i didn't i just like god whatever whatever like p- shop people were ordering from and it wasn't particularly good or memorable mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. probably like anyone agree would agree there's an enormous range of quality of fish and chips mm-hmm. in england it's not all good just like like you know if you go to america and get a hamburger you can get a really bad one or a really good one or anywhere in between
0: can i can i tell you something that i realized as i was researching this yesterday please do I knew this fact, but somehow, like, it didn't register that fish and chips is a British thing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Like, I, I, I'm sure that I knew this, but, like, it, I didn't, like, know it.
1: Where do you think uh, bee feeders come from? <laughs> anyway, How about spotted dick?
0: Hang on. But I, it's like, I don't know where I thought that it came from. Like, pirates?
1: This is like pirate food. I think a pirate food is being, like, hardtack, like, maggoty hardtack
0: maggoty hardtack um that sounds like a really good name for um what would that be a name for maggoty hardtack maggoty
1: hardtack um like maybe a uh like a pirate themed uh roller uh, roller derby yes
0: maggoty hardtack god that's great (laughs) i love it
1: (laughs) and like like their real name would be like maggie hardwick or something yes uh,
0: maggoty hardtack (laughs) that's so good Uh, if there are any, any roller derby players out there whose names are Maggie Hardwick
1: or something like that, you for can a, have a this. Nominal licensing fee.
0: <laughs> the other thing I want to say is that I had a friend who lived in London for a while, about 12 years ago. And I went over to visit him at one point and spent like a weekend with some fr- with with him and some friends of his and anyway I remember riding a bus somewhere in London okay. with everybody double and- decker Yes, and we passed. I think it was a double decker. Anyway, we passed a sign that was really an extremely cute sign for a fish and chips place. It was a fish. It was, this was like an. This was like a you know an illustration.
1: I feel okay? I'm feeling like a, a flashback to the uh, bonus episode where you described New Yorker cartoons.
0: Yes. Uh, so it, it's a fish that's like standing up on its tail and it's wearing a top hat.
1: Sure. And well, that's holding a, that's it. That's Snazzy, like a, a posh fish.
0: Yeah, posh fish, indeed. And it's holding a cane, but the cane is a chip. Okay. So it's a Got fish it. with a chip cane. I love it. And for some reason, it's just seared into my brain. But you didn't it's go. Like so you didn't, cute. Like, jump no, off the No, we bus. didn't go. It was just sort of an It quickly became an iconic sign for us. I wonder,
1: have you ever tried to Google it? I'm like, I wonder if it's like a chain
0: fish how would i google it fish with a chip cane
1: fish i think you'd google fish with a chip cane okay well listeners listeners in england like do you know what the place that I'm molly's talking sure about i'm pretty sure it's in
0: london it might be in edinburgh cuz the friend that that pointed it out to me is actually like now lives in edinburgh
1: okay so listeners in those places listeners
0: in those places i'm pretty sure we were in london i sound like somebody who's done way more traveling than i have but
1: well, I mean, you've been to London and Edinburgh. That's true. That's true.
0: But anyway, isn't it weird, the things we remember? Like, I have Oh, a, yeah. This was fully, like, 12 years ago, and I still remember the fish with the chip cane.
1: Oh, no. I, I the, Can you imagine, like, if the person who designed that's, that logo is listening to the show, like... How great yes. they must feel right now!
0: Yes, this is—I mean, this is what all logo designers, possibly aspire called to. graphic designers, aspire to—to to be mentioned on a very small to mid-sized podcast,
1: where where the person does not remember the name of the shop that the logo <laughs> is associated with. Yeah, yeah, this is the dream, right yep, here.
0: Yep. Okay, hold on. Now let's get right down to it, though. What let's. is fish and chips?
1: You're asking—you did the research. Okay. I'm, I, have, I have some guesses.
0: <clears throat> so, obviously, what we're talking about here for anyone who's newly arrived to planet Earth is we're talking about fried fish in a crispy batter. Yeah. Served with chips, a.k.a. French fries for those of us who speak American
1: English. And I feel like it's got to be like a white-fleshed fish. Not that you couldn't have like a fried salmon, but if you ordered fish and chips and got something other than a white fish— you would feel like what just happened
0: yeah no the the default is a white fish although you know the, the as we'll talk about in a little bit the 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 choice of fish is highly regional okay and um certainly in areas where like salmon is prevalent uh you salmon is an option yeah but anyway yeah okay so the dish of course originated in england but the two components of it, the fish and the chips, were introduced by separate immigrant cultures. Okay,
1: so fish did not originate in England. <laughs> that,
0: is, okay. that is correct, yeah. Um, nobody really knows who put the two of them together and, like, coined the name. But it was definitely in the first half of the
1: 1800s. Okay, that's that seems right somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I really did not know much about, well, anything. Okay. Really. but I was going to
1: ask something that you may or may not be able to answer is, like, who would be like a contemporary historical figure of the time, either like a like a politician well, or monarch or writer Well or something. I can
0: tell you that that in Oliver Twist, Charles uh-huh. Dickens mentioned like fish frying establishments. Okay. And that was in eighteen thirty eight.
1: Oh, okay. So I there just, were. Definitely, I was going to say Dickens, and then I was like, "Wait, was Dickens like later in the nineteenth century?" But no, I guess.
0: I mean, maybe he wrote Oliver Twist when he was a baby.
1: Maybe, he, and maybe.
0: then he lived until later in the nineteenth century because because <clears throat> he was so young in eighteen thirty eight.
1: Well, I mean, that wait, was he young in eighteen? 18- no, no. When he okay. wrote
0: Oliver Twist, because Oliver Twist came out in eighteen thirty eight. So let's start a rumor that he was a baby.
1: Okay. All when right. He wrote so it. yeah. So he was he was a very talented baby. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> This is a good joke, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Anyway, okay. So the tradition in the UK of battering and frying fish uh, came from Western Sephardic Jewish immigrants.
1: Wow. I did not know that at all. This is the
0: part that I really didn't know. So these Western Sephardic Jews had come from Holland into England. But the thing is, here's what's pretty cool, or at least I think it's pretty cool. So the actual idea and technique of battering and frying fish came from Spain and Portugal before the Jews were kicked out of there in the late 1400s and 1500s because of a lot of repression. Yes. And so there was sort of a, you know, a, a migration of these uh, these Jews who had picked up, like, the Spanish and Portuguese ways of frying fish. All right. They migrated up to Holland and then made it over to England, where, for some reason, it really took.
1: That's interesting, because, like, frying, the frying tradition in Japan also comes from the Portuguese in, like, the 17th century. Oh. Like, it's so interesting. Like, the Portuguese just give like deep frying to the world. I imagine uh, it, it was seems... being done in other places, but a lot of it seems to trace back to Portugal.
0: Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, when um, when I was first kind of piecing this together, of course, from Wikipedia, I was like, wait a minute. So, wait, how did these Western Sephardic Jews who came from Holland wind up frying fish like Spaniards? But, yeah, they had left Spain and Portugal, like, in the 1500s.
1: Yeah, and they're not going to stop frying fish. Oh,
0: no. They're like, we have found the way to cook fish, and we're going to do this everywhere. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, um, so this, of course, quickly became a prominent meal in British culture. And it became popular in wider circles in London and Southeast England uh, by the middle of the 1800s. So, yeah, so we've got, uh, you know, Oliver Twist in 1838, Charles Dickens is a baby. And anyway, I,
1: I, I hear that, that Charles Dickens worked in a in a, a chippy, in a chip shop. Like, <laughs>
0: oh, are we just spinning this yarn? Yeah, e- well, like, even? when he
1: was like six months old and like got the experience he needed. Uh, he had
0: such dexterous little fingers. It's
1: such, yeah. His like, pincer
0: grip was really <laughs> well-developed. Early on.
1: That's right. However, he had not yet uh, developed object permanence until he'd fry the fish and then turn around and be like, "Wait, what just happened?"
0: Well, no, he would pass them off to the next person.
1: Right. Uh, that was his secret. That's why, like, he he approached every every dish as if he had never done it before because he did not remember ever doing it before. I realize that's not what object permanence no, is. That's just no. that's just like anterior grade amnesia, but. Wow. But he had that, too. Okay. It's amazing that he was able to write novels. Okay. But
0: anyway, so, okay, we've got also apparently, like, in the north of England, like, there was a real, like, trade in deep-fried, like, chipped potatoes go
1: in. All right.
0: Like in the early 1800s. When
1: you say chipped potatoes, is that different from what we think of as chips or fries today? Or is it the same thing?
0: No, I think this is, I, I pulled this off of
1: Wikipedia. <laughs> so I
0: think this is like uh, how maybe uh, in British English you say like potatoes that have been turned into French fry shapes.
1: Okay, you call that chipped potatoes? Yeah, I like
0: that. let's try it. Anyway, so the first chip shop stood, I, I, I have to read this part from Wikipedia, okay? okay. The first chip shop stood on the present Site of Oldham's Tommy Field Market. I okay, love these yes. British place names. It remains unclear exactly when and where the two trades combined to become the modern fish and chip shop industry. Isn't this confusing? Didn't it say? Didn't it just tell us where the first chip shop was? <laughs> anyway, well, uh, yeah. Okay, a Jewish immigrant Joseph Malin opened the first recorded combined fish and chip shop in London in 1860, and a Mister Lee's pioneered the concept in the north of England in Mossley in
1: 1863. Mosley, pretty funny also.
0: Yeah. So anyway, somehow, you know, so you had these Western Sephardic Jews who brought their wonderful fish frying. You had from the north of England, a bunch of deep fried chipped potatoes and they collided s- in a few choice locations in between.
1: So, so like the, the fried fish was like slowly accreting its way northward and the chips were, were on a, a Southern trend. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm picturing this like one of those, um,
1: like a weather map.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm picturing it like a weather map with a bunch of sort of like flashing arrows going in different directions and stuff.
1: I have a question. What's an occluded front? This is the thing I, I always used to see in the weather map in the paper occluded and never front. bothered to learn what it meant. Well,
0: occluded, wouldn't that mean like somehow blocked? or
1: yeah.
0: well, You know when you're in the dentist chair and you hear them talking, like you hear the dentist talking to the hygienist about like, you know, your various teeth. I like,
1: hate that so much. Like
0: occlusion watch on such and such. or. Yep. What is an occlusion one of them
1: uh, yeah like I just learned to learned a new one that that I don't like which is uh, resorption <laughs> that's bad Ew. like yeah every is that time like your
0: tooth is being reabsorbed into your your jaw yeah. or something well like
1: like the like the the root. I feel so, like, when they're talking about my teeth by number, doesn't that make you feel kind of dehumanized?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like to think that I'm exceptional, and I have teeth that, like, each of them has a, a, like name. a name. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway. This one's Mosley. Yeah. This one's, mm-hmm. this one's Cockfosters. This
0: one's Oldham. This one's Tommy Field. Okay, anyway, uh, fish and chips were a staple of the English working class after and sort of because of the development of... of crawling for fish in the North Sea.
1: So so fish so this, got cheaper. Fish
0: got much cheaper. Um, and around the same time, railways were developed that could connect ports to cities and so not only was the fish cheaper but they had a way of getting the fish to the cities where there was more population
1: so i mean really like i feel like all human history is this the history of supply chains
0: exactly so more arrows moving across maps
1: no there's nothing nothing about like class conflict (laughs) no (laughs) like that's all supply chains yeah
0: anyway so yeah Uh, Of course, you know, we know that fish and chips first appeared, like, in terms of shops around 1860. Well, by 1910, there were over 25,000 fish and chip shops. Wow. A.K.A. Chippies across the U.K., by the 1930s, there were over 35,000. And that was,
1: and that was the depression.
0: That was the depression. But then, of course, the trend reversed, and now humans, like you know, we think frying is bad and stuff. So, so as of like 10 years ago, there were down to 10,000 fish and chip shops mm. in the UK. And who knows? That
1: still, that still seems now, like a lot. It's
0: true. It's true. It's still like um, a common takeaway food. Okay. As they would say in the UK and the Commonwealth. Sure. Is there a food that that is like a common takeaway food in the US? Like I think of
1: Chinese food. Well, but Chinese American food. But
0: I think so. Fish and chips has traditionally been served like in like a paper cone that you hold in your hand.
1: Oh, you're you mean like something that you can like eat?
0: out of hand?
1: Uh, the Big Bite Hot Dog from 7-Eleven.
0: That is not a common takeaway food. I
1: think the... it's very common.
0: Really? I guess I
1: just... I mean, does it have to be like something from a restaurant? Because I mean, like a hot dog from a cart is a takeaway food, right? That's But does it true. have to be... Do you have I wonder... to have like the option of eating in in order for no. it to be... Okay.
0: No, I think, I think you're right. I think that maybe the hot dog, especially in the form of like the New York hot dog cart, is the American takeaway food.
1: Yeah, okay. But I mean, like... But but like isn't a fast food burger like American takeaway food also with I, with chips and or fries?
0: I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just picturing, you know, okay, so
1: I feel like you're trying to make the case that that America doesn't have takeaway foods. Well,
0: no, but I think that um I mean American cities are certainly built for cars differently sure. from UK. Or from you know a lot of European cities, and so I'm thinking of when I picture sort of the like paper cone that fish and chips traditionally come in.
1: Okay, yeah. you know it
0: feels like it is designed to be held in your hand, not like put in your lap while you're driving. It's no, designed that to be like very bad held idea. in your hand, like while you're walking
1: along and you're eating. It, I see. Right. Okay. There are
0: not very many American foods that are, despite the fact that Americans constantly walk and eat
1: ice cream cone.
0: Ice cream cone. Yes.
1: As heard on the recent waffle cones episode.
0: Yes. Also, I think you're right. Hot dogs. I mean, people don't. When you're eating a hot dog, you you hold it in your hand for like the entire time you're eating it. It's not. Yeah, like I you, never like...
1: put it in my mouth. <laughs> 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 I feel like. Anyway, last week we were eating hot dogs in the park, and it was so festive. And this week we're not.
0: This week we're eating toasty cheese toasties, which cheese I, I haven't had any of yet. Okay, but wait, hold okay, on. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm not done. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So, British fish and chips were originally served in a wrapping of, of old newspapers.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I can picture that. Like, to, I don't think like, I've ever really the, had To absorb it, the grease, maybe? I but, guess? Yeah.
0: Um, these days it's usually plain paper, sometimes like plain paper that's been printed with newsprint on the outside to look fancy, uh, or like sometimes thin cardboard, maybe kind of like the Long John Silver's boat I used to get. Yes. Although that was literally boat shaped.
1: Oh yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't even know if I've been to Long John Silver's and I know what you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Like a kid's meal served in a boat.
0: So this was like very much a food of the the working class, right? And this was a, a real inexpensive staple. And one thing that I thought was really interesting, and so did Wikipedia, because it literally mentioned this four times (laughs) over the course of the fish and chips entry, is that the British government like, safeguarded the supply of fish and chips during the or or, or fish and of potatoes during the First and Second World Wars. Like, It was one of few foods in the UK not subject to rationing.
1: Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is interesting.
0: Um, Winston Churchill referred to the combination of fish and chips as the good companions. <laughs> Isn't that just charming? It is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Did did he did he like make a lot I know he was famous for his speeches. Like did he make a lot of speeches just about like what foods he liked and and his I nicknames sure for so. them? I sure hope so. I sure
0: hope so. I hope somebody has done like a like a master's thesis or something on Winston Churchill's like favorite foods and how they impacted world supply chains.
1: There was so I, I, I know like I'm way late to the Great British Bake Off uh, train and like I talk about it too much on the show. But in the earlier seasons, they used to do segments. Uh-huh. Uh, for no reason, just like how we do segments do they, for do no reason. They did know. cute animals
0: you need to know. They did cute animals you need to
1: know. They did quilts, it quilts. <laughs> calling it quilts. They uh, they checked in on uh, what was happening on Mary Berry's uh, uh, Animal Crossing Island. Um,
0: <laughs> oh my and, God, uh, I would love to visit Mary Berry's Animal Crossing Island.
1: <laughs> yeah, mostly it was just like she misplaced her switch and it was like somewhere in this couch cushions and she couldn't find it. <laughs> but they did one that was about like they interviewed like an old baker who had baked a cake for Winston Churchill. I don't remember what the occasion was. It was like either his birthday or like he won World War II. <laughs> he won World War II. one of those things. <laughs> uh, uh, there was no more to it than that. It was just like this guy was like, was like you know, this was like 70 years ago, but like it was like the highlight of my life and it's all been downhill since then.
0: <laughs> the highlight of my life was actually my dream last night. I know it's okay. boring to, to hear about people's dreams, but you're going to love these two. Okay. So we're recording this episode. Listener, uh, two days after the end of the Olympics, I'm I'm right. I'm grieving because I loved the Olympics. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do now. But last night in my dreams, watch highlights. Last night in my dreams, I won a gold medal in extreme poetry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't believe you. You're it's making this true, up. It's true. And Do then, you remember any of the poems?
0: I don't. But it was what made it, no, excuse, sorry, not extreme poetry. It was experimental poetry.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: It was like free verse mixed with rhyme and meter mixed but with. But you have
1: to be a little extreme to win a gold medal. <laughs> <battle.
0: laughs> well, okay. But then hold on. Get ready. Yeah. Then in like the next scene of my dream, I was in the, like the medal rounds for like um, regular like volleyball, not beach volleyball. Okay. But there were only only two players. So it was like beach beach volleyball, but it was regular. (laughs) And I was in the finals and Ash and I were, you know, we're like, uh, we, we played doubles together, basically in, in volleyball, regular volleyball. Okay. And we won the gold against this really tall Serbian guy who was playing by himself. (laughs) And it was just us against this one really tall Serbian guy. So, anyway, last night I won two gold medals, experimental poetry and doubles volleyball.
1: Do you think, like, like you and I could win in, like, volleyball against one good volleyball player? Probably not, <laughs> no, right? I don't no. think
0: so. This guy was so tall. One
1: of the, one of the uh, American women uh, beach volleyball players is 6'5". five. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. She
1: is like... Like, percentile-wise, like, it's got to be like 99.99, right? That's amazing. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott.
0: Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home.
1: Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen uh they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge
0: uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink
1: you can bring your pet
0: Suites by Marriott.
1: Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay.
0: Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: I got to tell you, like, it's taken me a while this morning to get over my disappointment that that dream was That you wasn't woke real. up and
1: had no metal to bite. Yeah. Yeah. No, I Wait, can understand why that. why would they bite the metal? Well, I mean, I think probably, like, the, the idea is, like, to see if it's real gold. But I think really just, like, you know. What does they, that reveal? Nothing. Like, it's, it's just because, like, that's what other, like, Olympians do. And, and it's funny. And so why not? Huh. I don't know. Do you want? Do you want to make this a, a topic of a bonus episode where we'll bite? We'll bite some metals and see which one's, which we one's the atheist.
0: The atheist. The atheist. Um, which one is an atheist? We'll find out. Stay tuned for our bonus episode. All right. Anyway, so. Fish and chips has persisted, I think, in, in some ways because f- it, it really got a foothold as, like, the thing you eat on Friday nights.
1: Oh, so, like, like if you're Catholic? Yes.
0: Yeah, so or, you, so, or
1: Episcopal also, well, I guess? so it, Anglican?
0: This, I think Roman originally Roman Catholic tradition of not eating meat on Fridays, but it was quickly adopted by, like, a lot of non-Catholic faiths as well as by like secular communities. Okay. So fish and chips is still I think you know uh, kind of like a traditional Friday night dinner.
1: Yeah it sounds like I don't remember when the last time I had fish and chips was I have to admit like I feel like it was within the last couple of years but not more recently than that.
0: I had some for a lunch on Friday. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. Where at?
0: Uh, Well. Or did I, you make it at home? No no. Can I, can I get there? Yes. I mean like, <laughs>
1: like you look so serious. Hold on. I'm going to well, get there. Your ears are like, <gasps> can, can I finish my story, please, for once? And you look like you've uh, literally uh, been
0: scolded. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I felt kind of self conscious since somebody said recently that I, was, I wasn't nice enough to you on the show.
1: I, I like if you. <laughs> Yeah, you should. Don't ever like like tease me or make fun of me on the show anymore. Like I can't take it.
0: Okay, Uh, I think the
1: show would end immediately.
0: (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so wait, one last thing about like sort of uh, history, etc. Okay, yeah, which is that in the early two thousands, like some sort of law or whatever was passed by like the the food part of the British government. Okay, uh, so that vendors now have <laughs> I'm to
1: imagining, like a plaque on the wall of the office that just says the food part. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: the the whatever, not the FDA. The the what is what. What else is there? There's something else besides the FDA in, in the, the Ameri- U.S.? In the U.S.? The USDA. USDA. Whatever. It's but what, I it's- don't
1: think either of those is, it <laughs> covers England.
0: <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> anyway, but uh, since the early 2000s, vendors have had to label the type of fish. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. Uh, so now you see cod and chips more often than fish and chips.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like cod is like is like the prestige, right? Is it? I don't know. I mean, I know it's common, but also I mean, like...
0: At least here in uh, here in Seattle, I feel like it's kind of like the default. Yeah. Like halibut would be the prestige.
1: Right. Definitely halibut here. would be the prestige here. Although I don't know if it's, halibut is really better for fish and chips than cod. Because there, there are other like cheaper white fish that you can use... In place of cod.
0: Exactly. Well, let's talk about the fish that people use. Okay. So, in the U.K., the most commonly used fish are uh, cod and haddock. Okay. So, that's true for the U.K. and Ireland. Of course, vendors also sell other kinds of fish, but in general, the type of fish used varies by region. So, in the U.S., common types are also cod and haddock, Mm -hmm. but halibut, flounder, tilapia, that kind of stuff
1: is also common. Okay.
0: And then, of course, in in the southern U.S., catfish. Catfish. Yeah, fried catfish. Is delicious. Anyway, in the U.K. and Ireland, the batter is usually a water and flour batter, plus baking soda and some vinegar for lightness. Okay. But often they use beer instead of the water. We talked about
1: beer batters yeah. in some detail on some recent episode. Do you remember what it would have been where we were talking about some fried thing? We didn't do a fried chicken episode, did we?
0: I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't know what it would have okay. been. Okay. Tempura? Maybe. Maybe,
1: Yeah, although beer batter is not common in tempura, but we did do a tempura episode at mm. some point. Well, I guess we'll never know.
0: Well, so to, to get back to your question a second ago, yeah, when, yeah. When, when things got so tense for a minute there, <laughs> right. I recently ordered fish and chips. Actually, I didn't. My child did. Okay. But she is of my loins. Therefore, she, she <laughs> is me.
1: Therefore, whatever. Well, I mean, I think more to the point, whatever she, she orders, yeah. you have a claim on yeah. a bite of. Plus, she, for had, life. she
0: had walked down the street to go see some, like, wild rabbits that were, like, a block away. And, oh, yeah. No, no. If someone leaves you food alone arrived, with their And and I was like, more yeah. for me. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So, we had fish and chips at a place called Saltwater uh, on Whidbey Island in the town of Langley. Okay. Saltwater is hot tip- restaurant people, you should move to Langley and open like a really good seafood place down the street from Saltwater because that place is so hard to get into. It is oh, like the okay. only seafood game in town and everybody wants to eat there.
1: Okay, but if you if you take our hot tip and things don't work out, like we don't can't be held liable.
0: Us. So anyway, uh, we went to Saltwater. We're salt not liable water. for hot
1: tips or hot takes.
0: No. No, but what about hot pots?
1: We are liable for hot <laughs> pots. So if we if we tell you which is which is uh, hot pots' favorite <laughs> fish and chips place and you don't you don't agree, we're in big trouble.
0: Uh, anyway, um, at Saltwater you can get either cod or halibut. June chose cod. I think I would have chosen halibut. It was really nicely browned. And there's something about the, like, the breading on fish, on on the fish part of fish and chips, that I don't think of as being the breading on anything else. Like, it's...
1: Yeah. Kind of puffy. It's
0: puffy. It's usually, like, deeply browned. It doesn't have, like, a the same kind of cragginess that fried chicken would. You know what I really, my my favorite fish and chips experience though, and I think a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at this, but well, so I really love every now and then Iver's Sure. So Ivers being a chain here in I'm Seattle. I'm afraid to
1: say it because I know there's a way you're supposed to pronounce it if you live in Seattle. And I don't know if I say it that way or I not. I don't
0: know. If, I, I always want to say Ivars. Yeah, but, no, I think you're right. But I think it's Ivers. Yeah. Anyway, so when you're taking the ferry to go to Whidbey, you leave from Mukilteo on the mainland. That's the name of the, the town where the ferry yeah. terminal is. And they recently built a new ferry terminal building. And it's really pretty and whatever. But I am so disappointed because for me... Like I always knew that my like getaway was beginning, you know, I like I was heading off to Whidby to have a lovely, wonderful time outside the city. I always would begin by getting in the ferry line at Muckelteo and like right next to the ferry dock is an Ivers. Uh, I would usually get myself fish and chips, which are totally mediocre. Sure. But totally hit the spot, yeah. especially with like little single serving tartar sauce. Of course. And then I would get um, uh, soft serve on a cake cone. Nice, cane, um, both uh, at Ivers. But now that they've opened the new ferry terminal, Ivers is like two blocks away. Okay, and. Not that that's too far, but, you know, especially if you get there and there's not a long ferry line, you do not have time to go get your Ivers.
1: Yeah, there's an Ivers at, uh, like, Terminal A at, at SeaTac Airport, and uh, Teenager of the Show December will usually get uh, clam, clams, fried clams and chips mm. from the Ivers there, which is pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Ash really loves to get Ivers clam chowder when whenever we're on a ferry that has, like, oh, a sure, concession, like, a, like a, a galley.
1: Did we do a clam chowder episode? I don't know. Maybe we should. I, I don't know if we have. We should, if we haven't. Maybe. Yeah. I, I've made clam chowder a few times and it's, it's a lot of work, but it's very tasty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. You mentioned you
0: haven't had this stuff
1: in years. Not in a while. Um, although I do, like, I remember having it within the last couple, like three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was 1832. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was an orphan. Charles Dickens
0: hadn't been born yet.
1: <laughs> Charles Dickens hadn't been born yet, but I had. And I was, and I was a young orphan boy. Uh, I fell in with a bad crowd, but yeah. uh, they were like they were like the family that I never had, and uh, they were they were friars. They would fry. Mm. They were Dominican friars. Um, do I did eat they fish team and up chips? with like, the Christian
0: Brothers who made brandy? Yes, and, they and and you just lived on brandy, brandy and, and fried, fried fish. fish. It was
1: great. God, that yeah. sounds great. Okay, so uh, like I do <laughs> Whoops, like fishing. Ch- Your dog has escaped. I do like fish and chips. I always feel like it's like a little too much for me.
0: It's, you know, you always feel really excited when you order it. And then like three bites in, you're like, what have I done?
1: Right. But I mean, the malt vinegar does help. Yeah, no, I think I've gotten definitely to and past the age where like I start complaining about how I can't handle fried foods the way I used to. So, uh, what else about fish and oh, chips? Oh,
0: go- oh yeah. So it's you know when it's delicious, it's really delicious. Yes, but it does always. Um, it's it's very filling. As yeah, y- you can imagine. It's, it's a
1: thing that like that I think requires a lot of care to make well, and and such care is not always applied.
0: Yeah. But I feel like it's also the kind of thing where I don't want to go into a fancy restaurant and encounter fancy fish and chips. No, you're right. So it's like...
1: You it, need a it place either... that specializes in it and like churns it out all day long and does it well. Yes. Edinburgh. That's Edinburgh. where you should go. Yeah.
0: Also, I do want to say, yeah, the, the, the breading at Ivers is not the breading I think of with fish and chips. And so it's just, it's not quite right. Okay. But it does the job. Oh,
1: hey, we didn't we didn't mention Brandon's yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot pots. We got it. Po- <laughs> so hot pots. Uh, uh, like producer Abby sent us hot pots' uh, rankings. Okay. I forgot to print it for myself, so you have the only copy. So okay. tell us what's up.
0: So, uh, so this is Seattle fish and chips. I don't know how current this is, and it doesn't even include Ivors, which yeah. clearly is like below hot pots' standards. <laughs> sure. Anyway, but um. So let's see here. Uh, His number one favorite is Nosh.
1: Yeah, I've never even heard of it.
0: I haven't heard of it either. Is it even around anymore? Uh, Pacific Inn in Fremont. We should go there sometime. Okay, that would be
1: fun. I'd love to. I've to never go to been. The I have been to Pacific Inn. I've been to Bay Chop and I have had the fish and chips. Pretty good.
0: Okay, uh, Seattle Fish Company. Don't know where oh, that I've is. Had, I've had
1: fish and chips at Marination Makai. Also, let's just—this people are going to love this. Let's just like mention the names of a bunch of places in Seattle you've never heard of.
0: Okay, uh, most of the places on this list I've never heard of.
1: Well, I want to know like what are the criteria? Because he's, he's broken it down. He's given yeah. each one five scores so for like five different criteria.
0: Yeah. So. It looks like it's also a one-to-five ranking system.
1: So it's an average of the five scores.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's ranked on batter, fish, chips, extras, and price.
1: Mm. I yeah. wonder what, what the extras entail. I feel like at Bait Shop, maybe there's like a slaw.
0: It seems like the highest ranked extras are, were it nosh, whatever that was, and marination maikai. But it doesn't
1: say what the extras are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay, but anyway, here are some places that, that Hot Pots really liked. So uh, Pacific Inn, Seattle Fish Company, where is that? I'm not sure. Uh, Tankard
1: and Tun, no, don't know where that is either.
0: Yeah, seems like Capital Cider, Whiskey I West. Know where Capital Cider is. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Chinooks was pretty good. The White Swan, have you ever been to the White Swan? No, should it's, I? It's, uh, it's like a pub vibe on South Lake Union, and uh, it's got some nice outdoor seating. Okay. It's, it's tasty. Anyway, but sadly, it's fish and chips only scored an average of 2.8.
1: Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. Here's where we're going to get into trouble.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so I want to check out the Pacific Inn.
1: All right. Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's check out the Pacific Inn. We'll, it'll be a date sometime, not super soon. Okay. Um, and uh, let's talk toppings, and then let's talk segments. Great. Okay, so
0: uh, what do you like on your fish and chips?
1: Definitely malt vinegar. Love this stuff.
0: And you put it on the fish, too?
1: Yeah. Oh, not?
0: I've only ever put it on the fries.
1: Yeah. Like, how would you describe the flavor of malt vinegar? Like, oh,
0: it's, cause uh, it's, it's
1: made, it's made from beer, right? I, I mean, think so. Theoretically.
0: I think so. It, um, for me, it has so much less of that, like, kind of whiny astringency that right. you would get from a wine vinegar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's very mild, and you can use a yes. lot of it, and it has like its own flavor. Yes, not just, it's very not just mild compared to flavor. other. Yeah. I
0: wonder what the actual like acidic. Or you know, yeah, uh, I'm
1: guessing I'm guessing like three percent or something. Okay. Lemon juice, love it. Like Never any lemon juice on fried fish, fish always good.
0: Well, yes, lemon juice on fried fish, but I think of that more like if I'm having fish tacos
1: or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but or... like I've definitely like squeezed a lemon on, on fish and chips. Probably I, this is probably like a thing that would get me banned from England. But...
0: what about tartar sauce? Are you scared of it?
1: I'm scared of it, yeah. Okay. Like I, I feel like I kinda wanna try like someone if someone vouches that like a particular tartar sauce is a good one, I'd like to give it another try. Yeah. Because it does seem appealing.
0: June's came with tartar sauce at Saltwater, and uh, it was delicious. But I get tired of... tartar sauce really fast and there's something like the mouth coatingness of tartar yeah. sauce with the mouth coatingness of fried food is, is intense right
1: no i want something that's going to cut through like a vinegar or a lemon juice
0: i don't want a ketchup though no no like not even with my fries
1: no i mean i don't want a ketchup ever but i think even if i liked ketchup i wouldn't want it with fish and chips
0: i think i would want ideally tartar sauce with the fish malt vinegar with the fries okay yeah i'm gonna go Can with that do I think that's our fish and chips episode. Yes. Uh, that was really long. No, that's good. And uh, featured one dog escape.
1: All right, yeah. I wonder how many dog escapes will be in our next episode. I have well, no I mean, idea. This episode isn't even over.
0: Oh, right, right. What's our segment? Okay, Let's Spilled have a segment. Mail.
1: We've got Spilled Mail from listener Robin. Okay, so, um, oh, you forgot to mention that in Scotland uh, they like brown sauce with fish and chips. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's like HP sauce, right? Yeah, except there's a different one. That's popular in Scotland, Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, listener Robin writes, You mentioned that nobody is named Billy nowadays. I just wanted to report that my hairdresser had a baby around three years ago, and she named her baby Billy. Not William, not Bill, but Billy. That's it. Love your show. This is fantastic. So the thought I had when I was reading that was like, I want us to get famous enough that people name their babies after us. Oh, that
0: Wouldn't is that, a, cool? that is such a great goal. Yeah. Like, okay.
1: You know, like the way someone might name their baby Rihanna. That's going to be us. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's it for segments. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Uh, you can jump on our subreddit to talk to other Spilled Milk fans about whatever kind of ridiculous things we've been talking about lately on the show and you yep. can do that at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk
1: yep i pop in there occasionally like someone will say you you should do such and such and i'm like good idea i'll, I'll put it on the list yeah uh all right until next time thank you for listening to spilled milk the show The show
0: that that's just two
1: two good, good
0: companions
1: i'm fish <laughs> i'm chips <laughs>
0: really belligerent in her old age. Oh yeah, me too. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to go get her. Yeah. Not that she's going anywhere, but I should pay attention to my dog. Sorry. Sorry, my dog. That's is... okay. Sorry about her breath. <laughs> she's she's old. <laughs> in a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years,